Super Talk Mississippi media production. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Monday edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Kelly and Luke Johnson from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Esquire producing here in the Hattiesburg First Bank Studio. Glad you're with us today. Picasso Nelson, now the Indianapolis Colts, is going to be joining us a little later in the program. Lee Roberts. We'll summarize the disappointing finish to the football season uh, this past Saturday. And uh, we'll also give you the latest bowl projections as the Eagle Hour continues. But want to remind you about the first segment, sponsored every day by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, proud supporters of the Eagle Hour and Southern Miss. You can enjoy their delicious fall-off-the-bone ribs, hickory-smoked brisket, other great foods they cook in-house every day. And do want to remind you that uh, they cater I'm sure they catered a lot of Thanksgiving meals, and they'll be catering for Christmas again. So if uh, you want to sit back, relax, and enjoy the Christmas holiday, you can always let Dickies do the cooking. Just give them a call, and they will tell you about their great holiday catering menu. Now, I know we have a lot of serious stuff to talk about today. Right. But before we get to it, Luke and Bob, I have a little surprise for you. Of course, in case you didn't hear the headlines, the Cincinnati Bengals... Mm-hmm. Won a football game yesterday, right. which I you picked them, and so did I Bob. Them, guys, yeah, yeah, Bob projected them to win. And look, this has to kind of stay on the DL. But I had I have a buddy of mine that works in the Cincinnati media, and they're not supposed to take recorders in, you know, audio recorders. But he snuck a little digital recorder into the Bengals locker room after, just just after they won. And I think I think Dalton kind of has some some audio. This is. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, there you well, go. I told Kelly, uh, Luke, hey, I told him did, Saturday Did they play afternoon. it in the Redskins locker room also? Ooh. No, we, we, we've got the song, Two in a Row, Baby. Uh, Headed yeah. for hey, seven I, nine. Look, I picked them again. I yeah. picked the Redskins uh, Wednesday, too. I'll too do. legit. Too legit to quit. <laughs> I'm going to tell you guys this about the Redskins. Dwayne Haskins looks a thousand percent better than when I saw him two weeks ago in Washington. Yeah, his passer rating is up to 62 well, now. I don't care, buddy. Three wins. <laughs> three wins, something the Bengals can only dream about. A three-win season. Can we go back to the locker room, Dalton, again, the Bengal locker room one, one more time? <laughs> we we Redskins fans talk trash quick. <laughs> That's, that snaps a 15-game losing streak mm-hmm. for the Bengals. Okay, yeah, and I, just, I predicted it. Yeah, you did. I predicted it. So, Redskins win, Bengals win. Unfortunately, the Eagles did not. Unfortunately, mm. the Eagles were just miserable Saturday. Luke Johnson, I'm going to tell you something. Now, Kelly and I watched that ball game together, and disappointing was the word Kelly kept using. I, I, I'm so frustrated. I, I'm just beyond frustrated. I, I'm, I'm anxious to hear your take on another, another miserable performance. The defense played well. You look at you give up 34 points. Um, they're tied in eight us alive. 
But what do you do when you you turn the ball over five times? And for me personally, it's always frustrating when uh, we can't flip the field on punts. We gave them unbelievable field position the entire game. And uh, the defense, I thought, defense came up, you know, they caused two missed field goals. Um, the defense held. They FAU only had 300 yards of total offense. Um, DQ Thomas falls down on one of the touchdown passes, uh, you know, slipped and, and on to, to their really good tight end. I thought the defense played well. Um, the offense, uh, just, you, you look at how Jack Abraham played the first half of the season, 12 touchdowns, four interceptions, and you look at the, the second half, um, you know, six, six touchdowns, 11 interceptions, and it's just a head scratcher. Um, and that's all really I could say. I, I felt like also, I felt like we would come out flat. And uh, offensively, I, f- I felt like uh, you know we 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 did kind of. Um, Quez couldn't get much done. Uh, Neil McLaren caught some balls. Tim Jones caught some balls, but it's just a really head scratcher. Very very uninspiring performance when you had an opportunity um, to at least uh, tie for for the West Division. Right. It was just really frustrating to watch. All right, Kelly Center, I'm gonna give you this, and I want you to answer this for me. I want to go through the three years of Jay Hobson. First year eight and five, second year six and five, presently seven and five. Convince me that the program is making progress. From a depth standpoint, barring injury, I think there's been a step forward. But look, I, I said on this program three weeks ago that I thought the Eagles were going to run the table. And when you look back at the schedule now this year, they beat two teams with winning records. One of them was Alcorn. All right, from the swag. The other one was was uh, uh, UAB. Those are the only teams they they beat with winning records. And the other teams that they did beat aren't even close to being 500. Correct. So it's... And you can't count Alcorn. It's not a Division I program. Well, I'm I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt, though. I'm just... just, It's it's very disappointing. I I just don't know what else to say. It, It was just... Very disappointing. And when, when the Golden Eagle Nation out there is saying, well, we want to go to the AAC or we want to go to the Sun Belt or we want to. My, my question is, and I'm not, I'm not trying to stir the pot. I'm just asking, what do the Eagles football-wise bring to the table? Right. I mean, if, it, 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 you got, you got, if you win the conference is one thing, but they finished third in their right. half of the conference. During our conversation Saturday afternoon, uh, Luke, uh, Kelly and I were asking ourselves, asking each other, I'll ask you this question. We hear about the American Athletic Conference. I asked Kelly, how many games do you think this football team would win this year in the American Athletic Conference? What would be your answer, Luke? You wouldn't beat Memphis. Say no, that much. No, you wouldn't, wouldn't beat, beat SMU. Might beat Tulsa. Um, wouldn't beat Central Florida. Uh, you would definitely finish um, probably in the, in the bottom third. I mean that's just the fact of it, and and uh, you you've got to play. What I what what frustrated me more than anything was it was it was I think I sent the word to you uninspiring, and and that's the thing. I'm tired of hearing. Well, it didn't bounce our way. I'm tired of hearing. Well, you know they got all the breaks. You know you got to go out and you got to make those things happen, and it just seems like we're three steps behind now, and and you know. How, how, what is going to inspire a fan base? It's going to be what they see. 
And we went into this season saying eight wins at the minimum. Almost if you win eight wins, you're almost disappointed. And that's not pie in the sky for us. When you look at the schedule of what should have have happened, that's what should have happened. There were people expecting nine or ten wins this season. And you just feel like down the stretch you just – Gave it away. And so that's where the frustration is coming from. That's the frustration I'm hearing about. I know for you people out there that, you know, you, you, you don't like us being critical. We're not being critical. We're stating facts. I've been on the inside. I know what it's like to be a Southern Miss Golden Eagle. I know what's expected. I know coaches work. I know players work hard, but eventually you have to, you, you have to produce when you should. And it felt, I felt like this year, this team was when they had opportunities to do it, they wouldn't, they, they didn't capitalize on it, and that's why there's so much frustration. And when you have to flex your muscles against teams, we thought earlier in the year that the North Texas win was a quality win. But it wasn't. As it turns out, the the mean green were lousy this Mm -hmm. year. All right, so so the two two, um, muscle heads that you had to face in La Tech, uh, Western Kentucky, and Florida Atlantic. Lost every one of them. Wasn't close. It wasn't close. Luke, what's the difference in this football team and the football teams you played on? It, that, that's a that's a very very complicated question. Simply because college football is in a different place. I've, I have been refusing to admit that, but it is true. It's it's at a totally different place. Um, I, I would say it's it's a it's a different aspect of player. Also, there are some throwbacks on this team. There are, but just in the fifteen years that I've been out, the 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 players have changed, and. Um, I feel like, too, specifically this football team, there there is some type of lack of leadership. I have, uh, you know, I, I've seen us down three touchdowns and people are celebrating on the sidelines or just being jovial on the sidelines. Would never have happened when I played at all, ever. You felt like if every person felt like if we lost, it was on them. They They were the ones that let it down. And I'll be honest with you, there were some games that we dropped that Coach Bauer stepped up in a, in a presser at the end and said, hey, I didn't have the team ready to play. It's on me. And so um, I feel like from a player's perspective, I have seen a very, very, very um, deep lack of leadership on this team. I haven't seen anybody really take over. And I feel some of that has to do maybe with, with our team. I feel like some of that has to do with maybe the culture in general. Um, people are too happy-go-lucky rather than taking personal responsibility for stuff. And it's just the softening of a culture. It's the softening of a generation, and it leads to stuff like this. And with the way the team has finished, who is going to be inspired to buy a bowl ticket? Right. All right. Well, there will be a bowl game, we believe, and we'll talk about that a little later in the show. We'll also have Lee Roberts on the show a little later. He can give us his perspective. He does the color commentary, and I appreciate those honest thoughts from you, Luke, uh, about that. You have a unique perspective. You played football at Southern Miss. Picasso Nelson did, too, and now he's in the National Football League, and he's a great young man. He'll join us next. Southern Miss to the top. Welcome back. Glad you're with us this afternoon. I want to thank Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net, for their 
always sponsoring the Eagle Hour. It's a great place to do your Christmas shopping. Other parts of the state, just go to campusbookmart.net. Pick out your Southern Miss stuff. They'll deliver it right to your front door. But get into the Christmas spirit like Kelly Santer is and go to the store. Rummage through the clothes. Smell the clothes. Get the gift wrap. Do the whole nine And it's so yards. cool going there because none of the clothes smell like smoke. Like no. the usual stores I go to. No. <laughs> you know, like no. a, they've been through a fire or a flood. As I said earlier, Kelly was at my house Saturday afternoon, so we've started a GoFundMe page for groceries. And uh, <laughs> you can just go to Bob Getty, fund me. Kelly was at my house. Hey, God helps them who help themselves. <laughs> so that's what I do. I go right to the fridge. It's not in the Bible. <laughs> Not in the Bible, uh, Kelly. I'll oh, tell you that much. Isn't it? What is that? A, what is that? Then Luke, God helps them who helps themselves. It's not in the Bible. Some somebody came up with it a long time ago. Okay, then then show a man how to fish. That's what Bob was well, trying. And then before he there left, Luke, he he told my wife she needed to move the Christmas tree after it was already set up. And lo and behold, fifteen minutes later, she goes. You know, I think Kelly's right. Come in here. So I struggled pulling a loaded Christmas tree from one end of the house to the other. So uh, you won't be coming back anytime there soon. There was only Saturday. one thing loaded. <laughs> there was only one thing that was loaded more than the Christmas tree. And that would be Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Kelly just, his presence graced your house even 15 minutes after you uh, left. I don't think I'd put it that way, Esquire. <laughs> he was there. Picasso Nelson's going, I call, we got, right. for this? Picasso yeah. Nelson was a great Southern Miss football player now outstanding young man as well and uh, recently got him a contract uh, he's with the indianapolis colts organization and we're very glad to have you on the show picasso and congratulations we've been following you and uh, i think you're beginning to grab your foothold in the big league oh yeah oh yeah definitely thank you Thanks i think you have me on the show I, hey picasso i think if you would have played yesterday the colts would have won <laughs> well i mean you know I don't know, but, you know, obviously I'm just really grateful to be here, and I'm just here to, you know, work hard and, and you know, with hopes of helping the team win in the future. Would you like for us to get a message to the coach up there that uh, had you played, we think you would have won, Picasso? Nah, I don't do <laughs> You want to get in trouble right away. So no, how, nah, I'm not trying to get in trouble. Picasso, educate us as to how it works, because like, you, you were with the Jaguars originally, and then, then the Colts call. How, how does all this – Stuff work. Um, so yeah, I was with the Jaguars. Um, you know, from after the draft to uh, to the end of the preseason, and you know, despite having a really good preseason, um, they you know didn't keep me. So I was a free agent. You know, flying to different cities. You know, every other weekend, working out for multiple teams, and um, finally, you know, came and worked out for the coach, and they signed me. So um, they signed me to the practice squad. So I've been on the practice squad, and just you know, really just trying to get better, learn the system. Yeah, but you you know you're an injury away. You know, I mean, I know you don't oh, wish yeah. that on any of your teammates, but that's kind of the way the practice squad works. Oh yeah, yeah, it's definitely how it works. But you know, obviously, I don't wish anything bad on anyone. But um, I'm definitely uh, really grateful to be here. I mean, it's just such a really good organization. Uh, the building is filled with just great people. Um, the players, you know, it really reminds me of something. It's just like a locker room of just good people, good players that love to have fun and like love to like play for each other. And with each other on the field, so, um, so it's really, it's really been cool. And you know, my first week here has been really good. I caught a caught a pick six the first day, had a couple of PBUs. You know, the second day of practice, and just been you know, also got nominated as uh, one of the special teams player of the week during practice. So, just really just trying to get better, learn. Uh, we got a DB here named Kenny Moore. Uh, he's really, really good. 
I'm about the same size guys, and I really just been trying to learn from him and be a sponge. All right, Picasso, I'm going to ask you a really dumb question, but how much better are the players of the National Football League than in college football? Um, in all actuality, um, there are, you know, you have your your really, really elite football players like, you know, Julio Jones or, you know, Jalen Ramsey, guys that are just, you know, physically better than everyone. And those guys are, like, really, really elite. Um, and that's maybe five percent of of the NFL. Mm-hmm. But after that, you know, you have just you know really good players, and there's not just a big difference between you know players in college and the NFL. It's just you know you have guys that are here that um, you know just do their job, and you know certain stuff works out. You know, like things just work out different for different people. But um, you know, I definitely say there's a five percent of the league that's really, really like really, really talented. And then mm-hmm. everyone else is still really, really good athletes. But um, you know, you you'll have a guy that may be a better athlete that didn't that didn't even make it to the NFL. But you have a guy in the NFL that just for whatever reason he's you know in the NFL and he's productive. And, yeah, a lot of a guy. You know, he's a really good player too. Isn't a lot of it being in the right place at the right time. It really is, though. It really, really is. And you know, for those who end up in the right place at the right time, it works out very well. For them. And you know, for those who don't. You know, sometimes, you know, they never, you know, they're, they're not able to accomplish their dreams, so... Well, you know, and we t- I asked, was talking to somebody the other day about Picasso's situation. And I said, what I don't understand is he's good enough that the Jaguars picked him up. Now he's good enough that the Colts would pick him up. Why isn't he good enough for, like, the Bengals to pick because him up? Because he doesn't want to play for the Bengals, <laughs> Kelly. He wants to play on a team that can win a game every now and then. Well, that, that, I understand that. But, but the guy that I said that to said, well, Picasso's never been arrested. And that- <laughs> Luke Johnson, welcome. Picasso Nelson to the Eagle Hour. Picasso, thanks for uh, coming on, man. We've been following you, and uh, you're down in, in Jacksonville with my boy Logan Cook. But with the Colts now, we, we were talking about present state of college, college football, and you just got out of it, and uh, you're one of those guys, man. Just uh, You come from football heritage, and you know old school stuff. You think players these days are a little softer, I guess mentally, um, than uh, you know, what, what we've seen in years past? Um, and all, yeah, I definitely do think so. Um, I think, you know, physically, you know, players now are better just because, you know, the workout system is better. Uh, you know, guys, you know, know how to really, you know, get, you know, get stronger, get faster and all those things, you know, uh, you know, cause technology and workouts are, you know, better these days. So I think physically now players are, are a little better if you look at the widespread of everyone. Um, but mentally, I think there are, um, some lacking traits. Um, you know, as you know, generations grow. So, mm. but you know, that's it's just always at the home, unique for me to. Yeah, it is unique. But you know, if you're looking at you know everyone in in total, maybe so. But in myself, I, I like to look at myself as you know, an old school guy with a with a hard nose, and you know, someone who really you know puts the work first and works hard. So. But that, but that, so what? And, that, and that's what that's what makes you a Southern Miss guy. One more question for you, Picasso. So you playing the Bucks this week? You been uh, you, you talked to any smack already to Nunez Roches or, or anybody down there? <laughs> no, nah, I actually I actually haven't talked to any smack. I'm, I'm not I'm not really a smack talker. I just like to you know put the work first and go out there and, 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 and you know let my play do the talking. So, but so we'll see we'll see. I definitely see him this weekend. Um, and I definitely, you know, highlight him after the game for sure. Picasso, to follow up with Luke's question about the guys being, you know, mentally softer these days, and, and we're talking about that in a negative sense. So, who or 
what is to blame for that, for a softer generation of football players? Um, I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. I, I think, in general, everyone is raised different. Um, and how you, you know, nature versus nurture. And, you know, how you're raised, you know, often affects, you know, how you are, um, you know, when you're a little bit older. So, I, I'm not sure, but I know how I was raised. I was raised, you know, to be tough, you know, to, to work hard, you know, to to try to be my best in everything and to never, you know, quit, never, you know, cry about anything. And, you know, I've turned out the way I've turned out because of the way I was raised. So, But that could also, um, could that also not have to do with the fact that your dad played football at a very high level? Oh, uh, I, honestly, my mindset doesn't really have anything to do with, like, my dad playing football. It just, I just come from a family of just old school, like, people, <laughs> you know, old school, just ways of living. And, you know, obviously, you know, my dad helped instill, like, a, a great work ethic in me uh, from working out, you know, high school. I was at the gym every morning at 5 a.m., working out from ninth grade to 12th grade, you know. But me having the desire to be my best in school and in football came from growing up in Mendenhall in the country. And every summer happened to, like, work, you know, outside, cook 30, 40 acres of grass and build stuff and work on old school cars, like, doing all that hard labor you know, manual labor that motivated me to like, you know, to get really good in school and to, you know, to try to get really good in football because I knew that even though that there was something that gave me a good foundation as far as, as far as work ethic, that was not something that I wanted to do when I grew up, you know. So. Well, Picasso, we're really proud of everything you've done. You're a great example of, of what we all want Southern Miss football to be about. And uh, there are three guys on this show that will be watching every week and uh, and look forward to seeing you uh, playing out there with the National Football League. Oh, yeah. Appreciate y'all. Hey, Picasso, I, I've got a couple of places in Indianapolis that I actually own right across from the, from the Motor Speedway. So if you're up there in spring, man, you're welcome to hang out with us. Okay, just let me know. Let me know the places. I, I might, I might have to stop by one day. Sounds good. And Picasso, Picasso avoid um, the Cincinnati. We, we are. Uh, <laughs> my wife, my wife, and I um, are going to be at the Monday night game in the Saints in a couple weeks, man. So, uh, so hope to see you then. Take it easy oh, yeah, on the Saints. Lord, really? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, you know, we definitely go out there and play hard. You know, I actually have a, a major organization. So, uh, you know, we're just going to work hard and see what happens. Thanks a lot, Picasso. Great conversation with you, young man. Picasso right. Nelson, everybody, on the Eagle Hour. When we come back, we'll go back to the football game Saturday, oh, and we'll boy. get Lee Roberts' input next. To the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Back on a Monday, third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill, located on 4th Street next to the University of Southern Mississippi. Everyday lunch specials, great uh, atmosphere. Go by and check out our friends at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Well, it's Monday, and Lee Roberts on the phone with us to discuss this past weekend's game against Florida Atlantic. 
Um, seven and five, Lee, bowl eligible, but not the way the Golden Eagles wanted to end the season. No, it, it's really not. And when you really look back at it, we became, you know, bowl eligible in week 10, um, you know, and then, or actually week nine, I guess. So the sixth win there, and then got the seventh win. And, you know, the last two games have been totally, you know, disappointing and, you know, kind of a heartbreaking, if you will. But, you know, and, and it's not because, the kids haven't put the effort in there. You know, obviously the, the loss at, at Western, we talked about that. I mean, just how the ties were turned, multiple uh, points in the game. And then, you know, Saturday ran up a, against a, a, a pretty good team again that's playing for the Eastern or playing for the conference championship next week. But, you know, again, if you just kind of look back, I mean, obviously we beat a UAB team that obviously is a, a pretty good team. They're playing the conference championship as well. Um, you know, and even hearing what Coach Hop says, I mean, a couple of years ago, we we're a play here, played there away. Same thing last year, three points at UAB this year. I mean, we have La Tech you know, down by 14 and just, you know, can't, can't finish it. And I think the, the story this year is just not been able to finish, whether offensively finish drives or as a team finish the game. And that's just kind of, kind of the way it's been. So last two weeks, obviously, I, have been, you know, very, very tough. I don't want to put you in a tough spot here, Lee. You can pass on this one if you want to. But but we're Southern Miss. Why are we talking about being unable to finish out games against Western Kentucky and Florida Atlantic? I know that's a big scope of a question, um, but that that's just the frustration, you know. And and I'll I'll just go on to the next question. Just to state that. Go back to your frame of reference. This year for Jack Abraham's really been a tale of two seasons. Um, he just had a tough outing. Uh, you look at the last six games, uh, six touchdowns, 11 interceptions. What did you see from him uh, Saturday? Was it something defensively they were throwing at him? You know, it wasn't. I mean, he, he was under pressure, in, and they only sacked him three times. But I, I really can't remember a, but a couple times where he was able to sit or stand you know, and deliver a good throw. I mean, he's having to, to move around in the pocket, try to extend extend plays. Um, we, last two weeks we've gone up against really two good pass rush teams, and you know, offensive offensive line play hasn't been up to par. I know the last couple of weeks, and again, it's not that that they're not trying. I think we just have run up against two really good teams, and you know, I've heard everything from why didn't Tate Watley get a shot to you know what's going on with Jack. I mean, not, nothing's going on, and um, and Tate obviously would have been pressured too if he was in the game. So if they'd have changed quarterbacks would that have made a difference who knows but you know we know what jack is we know what kind of competitor he is and a winner he is and and what he's been able to do but we're we're kind of a team that that goes the way he does and when he doesn't play well we we don't play well either and and you're right you said it um you know interceptions are are tough and he had five turnovers on saturday and against a good fau team we just you're not going to win those games Actually, when you look at not just the Florida Atlantic game, Lee, but Western Kentucky and Louisiana Tech, uh, Jack's numbers you know, weren't great in, in any of those games. And to the, to the casual Southern Miss fan, which we will all admit there are a lot of casual Southern Miss fans, this finish of the regular season for the Golden Eagles does not bode well for bowl excitement. Agree? No, I, I do agree. Um, you know, but I, and I've had sidebar conversations with with people as well and you know you can't you can't let one season or one game really get you down obviously if if we're southern miss fans we've got to be southern miss fans from the start to the finish and and that's the kind of people we we need and yeah i mean three three tough losses in the conference 
you know, does make it very tough. And, yeah, it does kind of take away some of the excitement. But, you know, we're a couple weeks away still. I know the guys will prepare. The guys will be excited. Obviously, we're not playing for the conference championship that we want. And and, and that does. That does sting. And at some point, we're going to get back to the conference championship and, and then host. And I just hope the fan base will stay with us and, uh, keep keep supporting and whatever the bowl uh, destination is. Hopefully, excitement will be there and, and fans will travel. But but you're right; those finishing the season the way it did, it, it does make it very tough. And, and what's a little disconcerting uh, again to the casual fan is when you look at the the teams that Southern Miss has beaten this year: two teams with winning records, Alcorn and UAB, lousy UTEP team. Rice finished with three wins in a row. UTSA just fired their coach. All right, um, a Troy team that underperformed this year, and when they when they had to get in there against the tough guys, they got slapped around. You know, I mean, it was, yeah. it was we we thought that the North Texas game was a quality win at the time, and the UAB game was probably the most complete game I think the Eagles played all year long. But again, against the big dogs, they just got slapped around, and I think that just has a lot of people scratching their heads. Well, you know, the, the North Texas, I mean, I, I felt like they were a pretty good team coming in. And obviously, Mason Fine is a heck of a quarterback. But it, it seems like, you know, when we beat them and he went down, their team went down. And that's just kind of a lot of times the way, way teams are. But, um, you know, we're, we're thin. Offensively, we're very thin at places. And, and people don't really see that. We started the year with, you know, seven or eight very good wide receivers and started the year with six very good running backs and uh, we finished the game with three healthy wide receivers and two healthy running backs and it's just it's just been one of those years that again the running game hasn't been what we needed it to be and therefore teams have been able to pin their ears back and and come at jack abraham to put pressure on him and until we do get the running game where we need it to be is um it'll take pressure off the offense and um, passing game but uh, very, very tough when you have an injury-stricken uh, team like we've had this year. So, Lee, do you get any inside info on what bowl game the Eagles may be looking at? You know, I don't. Um, you know, obviously, Charlotte is going to the Bahamas, so that that one is out. And, you know, earlier there had been some talk about that. But, I mean, I, I see what y'all see. It's, you know, I see predictions to, to Tampa. I see predictions to one of the bowls in Dallas. And then, you know, New Orleans is always in play. But um, I, I really don't. You know, any of those bowls um, will be good landing spots. I'm just really glad that, honestly, that the Bahamas Bowl is spoken for. So we don't have to worry about, you know, having that, anybody going to the Bahamas. Yeah, that's a pretty good pretty good trip. Hey, hey Lee, real quick, what's up with Jalen Adams? What's, what's an update there? You know, I, I've heard rumors like I'm sure you're – You've heard and maybe even want me to allude to, but, um, you know, he's, he's still with the team. He's just got that, that knee injury and just really hasn't been able to bounce back like we've expected. And, and, and you know Jalen Adams. I mean, he is an electric-type player, and, and we're a better offense when he's on the field. But he just hasn't been, really been able to overcome that knee injury. And, and we have. We've suffered the last couple of weeks without him. Well, Lee, let me say you this before we run out of time. Uh, whether it's been a good week or a bad week, you come on the show every week, and you are our voice from the football program. You're the one guy that comes on consistently and talks to us about the games and analyzes things, whether the games were good or whether the games were bad. And we have a lot of respect for that. And uh, I want to just thank you 
in front of all of our listening audience, I just want to thank you for the contribution you make to the program and your willingness to always be available to us. We really appreciate well, you. Well, I, I, I appreciate you guys. And, and you know me, I'm a, I'm a Southern Miss guy, you know, obviously not raised in Mississippi, but moved here to go to school and have decided to keep my family here and raise my family. <clears throat> so Mississippi is home to me and and Southern Miss is, is what I am. And so I'm willing at any point to talk Southern Miss football. So yeah, appreciate but, the opportunity to be with you guys. But you're not afraid to take a bullet, Lee. You know, I mean, lots of guys. I mean, we had a guy that scheduled on from Conference USA last week about the Mickey Mouse way they changed the, you know, he was scheduled to be on the program and then wouldn't answer the phone. You know, so, I mean, you, you knew that it was going to be a tough phone call today. You knew it was going to be a tough phone call last week, but you're not afraid to. Ask, answer a direct question, and, and man, I'm telling you, that's rare these days. So I echo Bob's uh, sentiments. We appreciate you, well, brother. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I take losses as, as hard as anybody, and um, it's much easier to celebrate a win. So you, you guys know that for sure. All right, Lee Roberts, everybody, former great Southern Miss quarterback, now the color analyst for Southern Miss Radio Network, and uh, we appreciate Lee's contribution each and every week to the program. Uh, Luke, you were talking about old times and tough-nosed guys. There's there's an example right there of an old-school, tough-nosed quarterback played on a tough, nasty football team, and they won games when they were supposed to, right? Well, he would tell you um, that one of the reasons he won the games is because he was on the other side of, of the football from him. I mean, pretty nice as a quarterback, uh, you know, to, to say, yeah, we can score, uh, you know, 17 17- 20 this game because the nasty bunch is going to hold down. When you got Adelius right. Thomas, Pat Sertain, right. Ty Trahan, all those big that guys helps, in front of them there on the other side. Yeah, we got it, guys. And let's remember Larry Keck, uh, up the middle, up the middle, play action deep. I mean, that's what it was back in the day, and, and Lee did a fine job leading that offense. No question. All right, UAB and Florida Atlantic in the championship game this Saturday. UAB wins the West 9 and 3 6 and 2 overall FAU wins the East 9 and 3 7 and 1 and the Golden Eagles ladies and gentlemen finish third in the CUSA West we'll be right back To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Goldport Home Center brings you the fourth segment of the Eagle Hour every single day, located on Highway 49 in Gulfport. Check them out online also, GulfportHomeCenter.ms. More room for you, more room for your family. Gulfport Home Center, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Ladies basketball out to a 6 and one Start, guys. They have won five in a row uh, this past weekend, defeating Mississippi Valley State and Virginia Commonwealth. Lady Eagles 6-1 and one on the year. Uh, will be at home this coming Wednesday against Tulane at 5 p.m. and then home on Sunday against South Alabama. So 
Joy Lee McNellis, led by those seniors, respect Lee Part, Shante Hales, and uh, they've jumped out to a six and one. Men, on the other hand, um, two and six on the year, and you know you look at some of these uh, these games uh, that they played. Went zero and three down in Atlantis, lost to Gonzaga, Seton Hall, and Alabama. Um, but I was just going through, and it, it's good to see um, that we've been shooting the ball pretty well. You get beat by Gonzaga, um, but you shoot forty four percent from the floor. You shoot fifty percent behind the arc. You play better against Seton Hall. First half, it was really close. You shoot 50% from the floor, 40% from three-point land. And then against Alabama, you shoot 50% from the floor. So, Kelly, you, you know, you you gotta you look at the competition you're playing. Obviously, it's pretty steep. But the Eagles are shooting the ball well, Have are scoring in the paint. Ladavius Drain starting to find his stroke a little bit. All this bodes well for Conference USA. Has to. Well, I think it certainly bodes well for the Eagles. And, and people go, yeah, but they got beat by 25 points. Let me tell you something. Seton Hall is going to beat a lot of people in, by 25 points. Gonzaga is going to beat a lot of people by 25 points. And I would be lying if I said I expected it to be that close. I didn't expect either of those games to be close. But like you just said, Luke, I, the shooting has been great. You know, so, and I'm not really sure that the coaches really knew what they had. You know, until until it got pulled all together. So yes, they were twenty five point losses, but to v- quality top twenty teams. So we'll see how it translates in you know to Conference USA. But I, I'm I mean yes, losses for sure. But optimistic about uh, about how they might be able to battle in the league. Now, remember, going into the season, all of the polls, every single poll out there, had the Eagles finishing dead stinking last. In Conference USA, so I mean, if even if they finished third or fourth from the bottom, you know that's that's a lot better than people expected. So, optimistic about the start, right. shooting for sure. All right, Eagle Hour guys on the road a lot this week. We'll be broadcasting uh, from Columbia, downtown Columbia, Wednesday afternoon as we get ready to kick off the huge Christmas festival down there. Then Thursday, we'll be back in Columbia over at the courthouse along with JT and Rebecca Turner. It's a full day of Super Talk broadcasting from downtown Columbia. And then Friday, I'm very excited about Friday, guys. We're going to be going to the new First Bank here on Highway 98. Santa Claus is going to be there. Candy, kids. Reggie Collier, the grand opening of the new First Bank on Highway 98, and uh, we're, of course, uh, very happy to uh, be a part of that with First Bank. Man, the Eagle Hour, we're, we're all over the place, aren't we? On the road, man. We're on the road. On the road again. Yeah. All right, speaking of being on the road, guys, let me run these four projections down I pulled this morning. 24-7 Sports has Southern Miss playing in the New Mexico, New Mexico Bowl against Nevada. Mm. ESPN has Southern Miss playing in the Bad Boy Mowers Bowl in Florida against Toledo. Sporting News has Southern Miss in the Bad Boy Mowers Bowl against SMU. And that's where? That Where is that bowl? Somewhere in Florida, Central Florida. I okay. Tampa, maybe. I, I could be wrong about that. CBS has USM against Appalachian State in the New Orleans Bowl. Uh, Nevada, SMU, Appalachian State all sound rather ominous to me. Uh, Toledo... I would think Southern Miss could compete with Toledo. I don't really know much about uh, Toledo. But if you had your choice, Luke Johnson, of those four opponents, who would you choose? Uh, not Appalachian State, okay? Um, so any any of the other one, The Gasparilla Bowl is actually at Raymond James in Tampa, so you get to play in an NFL go. stadium. One that I've seen out there also, I know it would be freezing cold, but I've actually seen Southern Miss to the to uh, the Independence against North Carolina, who just finished 6-6. Six and six. I mean, you know, 
I think that might be a winnable or a, at least a, a competition a competition game. It's obviously the best opponent you're going to play. Um, I don't want to freeze with the straight line wins in Shreveport any more than anybody else, but I sure don't want to go to New Orleans and get beat by four touchdowns by an 11-1 Appalachian State team. SMU would be a pretty stiff challenge. And there, for those that wanted to see the AAC matchup, that would be your AAC mm-hmm. matchup. You know, and then in the Bobby Collins, you know, thing. Uh, there. So when will they do that? Look, I guess that'll ha- that they'll wait till after the conference championship yeah. game. This, run, it'll, this it'll Sunday, it'll be announced probably this Sunday because the winner in the Conference USA, you know, the old school, you would go to one specific bowl. The uh, the champion now has the option to go to uh, the bowl that they choose to. So they'll make the first choice, whether it's, it's UAB or FAU, and then everything else should fall in line this coming Sunday. And will Lane Kiffin be the coach at Florida Atlantic next year? That's one of the big questions. Arkansas, Arkansas has met with him per several sources yesterday for that job, so we'll wait and see. Hmm. And, of course, we don't really ever talk about them, and it's not a show based on that, but Ole Miss fires their coach, Kelly Sander. Had they won Thursday night, would he still be the coach? Oh, boy. <laughs> Until we see you again tomorrow at one o'clock <laughs> here on All right, remember Columbia Wednesday and Thursday of this week, downtown Columbia Wednesday, Thursday at the courthouse, Friday at First Bank for their grand opening, and we look forward to each and every broadcast. Back tomorrow at one o'clock. Until then, Southern Miss to, to the, the top. top. To the top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping. Into the future I wanna fly like an eagle To the sea Fly like an eagle Let my spirit carry me I want to fly like an eagle Till I'm free Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.